Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta, Yerdena Azban. Our daf for the day, Masachab Sachim, daf Pei Dalet, page 84. Now, this daf has two Mishnayot on it, and two, you know, sections of Gemara. The first one is actually pretty short, and the second one is long, but structurally very organized. So as much as it's a long daf, it actually kind of holds together in a more streamlined manner than some of the shorter dafim. Um, our first Mishnah is actually an incredibly short Mishnah as well, but it does require a little bit of background information. So here's the Mishnah. I'm sorry. No? Yes, okay, I guess that's what it is. So this is as follows. Anything that is fit to be eaten, Right, that anything that an adult ox, Bashur Hagadol, an adult ox could eat. Now, what does it mean, an adult ox? And this is what I mean by background information. We're talking here about an ox whose bones fully hardened, meaning that in the growth period, right, the bones are, I don't know, I guess a little still soft collagen y, I don't know, until at a certain point it's full grown, it's bone of bones have hardened. So the what it says is as follows. Anything that is fit to be eaten in an adult ox, where the bo- meaning with the implication of the bones being hardened, that can be eaten in a young ox, right? Even though the bones are not hardened yet. So the issue is not can you eat the bones because they're soft. It's a matter of what can be eaten in the large ox and then you transfer it to the, to the small ox. Large and small, again, young and old. Not, not, um, not old. Young and mature. Right, as opposed to the actual size. Although I guess in an oxen, it, it's pretty, there's a nice corollary there that a large ox is going to be older. So what does this mean? What are we really talking about? Uh, this is a case where if you want to come and register for your Korban Pesach, and you want to register in such a way that you're not going to eat those parts, meaning these parts can be, you know, your day, the other day you you listed all these parts that the the extras or the parts that you might, it's still going to be eaten in the Korban Pesach because it can be, but it's not the kind of thing that we would necessarily rush to eat today. So when you register for the Korban Pesach and if you want to eat any of these parts or then you have to kind of register to do so where eating any of these parts is considered part of the Korban Pesach, like you're, you're fulfilling your mitzvah there. But if you're talking about uh, part of the animal that is inedible, in an adult ox, right, where the bones are hard, then, or, or you know, any other kind, part of the animal that is not considered edible in the adult ox, and just because it might be soft enough to eat in the in the young ox, that does not mean that you can do so, right? The measuring stick here is the adult ox, the mature animal. Um, and likewise, you can't register for the Korban Pesach to eat one of those parts, and then, and then, right, if you, if you were to do so, you would not fulfill your mitzvah. Right. The idea is that if you have the animal that you're offering is a young ox and in fact it's soft enough to eat, it doesn't matter since it's off limits, you're not you're, you're not fulfilling your mitzvah. And that's gonna be talking about, you know, any area that is much more a matter of cartilage, I guess, at that stage of development. Okay, so I said the other day also that we're talking now about certain aspects of eating the carbon pesach and we're getting into the more detailed meat eating kind of aspects of the carbon. 
So that's that, right? There's a very short Mishnah, but it's got a little bit of background that you have to know. What happens in the Gemara here, or the most interesting part, we think, but what happens in the Gemara here is that there's a machloket, there's a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlakish about the registering for this korban, meaning how can it go that you can register, can you register for these parts that are soft in a young animal and hardened in an older animal? And Rabbi Yochanan says, you can register for them. Uh, and the Rish Laki says you cannot, right? And so that machloket uh, takes up some attention of this daf, and I would say that by itself that would be interesting. But what's really interesting is the next generation, right? Where Rav Yirmiya comes and says to Rav Avin, "I'm going to Rav Yirmiya to Rabbi Avin." He azalt lekamed Rabbi Abao Ramile mi amar Rabbi Yochanan gidin shesufan lak showed him ni nalehen bepesach. One second, we've got a contradiction. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say that you could actually that the, the things that will the, that are soft in the young animal and will eventually harden that you could in fact register for those? You know, it seems counterintuitive, I guess, because it I guess it flies in the face of the first of all the Mishnah, right? And then, Bata Hashdas Linan. No, did I skip a bit? No, that's Rabbi Yochanan. And here we've got Bata Hashdas Linan Vahabai Minei Rish Lakish. So the Rish Lakish then would ask, ask Rav Yochanan about the hide of the head of the young calf, right? Because, again, it's technically still edible because it's still soft. Um, and, you know, at a certain point here, my, my uh, stomach muscles here rebel, and I'm not necessarily wanting to think about exactly what this means. Um, because I do not eat psha, as we've said, right? So part of that is the detail of the of the animal specifics, but it's also the machloket, right? The machloket between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan is how far can you go with that which is acceptable, which is technically feasible to eat in the young animal and impossible in the adult, right? And so, so this, so Rabbi Yochanan ends up saying back to Rish Lakish, you know, it doesn't become impure. And so the idea is that they eventually they go eventually they follow the eventual condition of what's going to happen later, and then the next little last bit is that Rabbi Yochanan goes back. He he takes it back. Rabbi Avin comes before Rabbi Abau. He asks him the same thing. Rabbi Abau says, you know, whoever was whoever asked this question before was not concerned. He didn't think about it carefully. But it's a beautiful expression. He says lo chash lekamche. He was not concerned about his. Flower. He was not worrying about his flower. Flower meaning um, kemach, the you know ground up wheat, whatever. Not flower like growing pretty colorful things, right? So what's the issue? He didn't think about it carefully. Why not? What's going on? Rabbi Yochanan in the end retracts his opinion and goes with Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish, who had said, I just want to make sure that we're on the that I've got it right here. Rish Lakish says that you may not register for them in the young animal, even though they are still technically edible. And of course, the logic there makes sense. Um, you know, the, the idea that just because something is technically feasible to eat does not, is not, that's not how we determine what's allowed to be eaten. So again, I will just point out, it's interesting to see how every part of the animal's body is actually being accounted for. And, right. and I'm also getting the vibe that there certainly were like some pieces that were sort of probably better to get when they were giving you up your portion. 
in your group of the Corbin Pesach than others. So I'm just going to move on from there um, to this next mission of which, as you mentioned, Dan, has a rather lengthy uh, discussion of the Gemara, which it's long, but very well organized. And the mission Wait, is- I'm going to stop you just one, for one second just before you go on because I have an open question yeah. that I don't expect you to be able to answer because I don't know that we can. But I am curious, or maybe somebody does know, in which case, by all means, let us know. And we seem to, then I will, then I will say I've missed it in the preparation, um, which I'm not pleased with. But the, I want to know, it says here, if you, could you register for those parts? I, until this point, had always assumed that you registered to be part of the group that is eating that Korban Pesach and you get your kazayat. And, you know, as you described it, you know, it might be divvied up uh, different parts to different people. But I didn't think that when you registered, you were registering for a specific cut. This makes me wonder. Right. If you this makes me wonder. I agree with you. And I think it's a, right. That's what I was trying to get at. It looks like you almost had to be like, oh, we're 20 people. You're going to get this and you're going to get that. Right. It looks like specific parts were divvied up. It wasn't just like someone came out with a platter of the roasted Corban Pesach and said, take what you want. I'll take the asado. I'll take the truck exactly. meat. Like, it's a really interesting kind of It's interesting. Setup. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely seems interesting. Now now I'm going to start with the Mishnah. Okay, um, sorry. All right. Okay, for okay, so we know that one of the um, issues with the Korban Pesach is that a person is not allowed to break the bones of the Korban Pesach. And this is, it's it's an explicit pasuk in Shmot Parak Yudbet Pasuk Mem Vav, chapter twelve, verse forty-six. But etzem lotish barubo, you can't break a bone of it. So basically, it's saying that if you break a bone when it's tahor, right? What happens? That raises loka arbaim. So you you violated a lotase, and you're going to get forty lashes. Aval hamotir b'tahor. But let's say it was a leftover part, right? It was a notar part of the korban pesach that's still tahor. Right, or you break um, a tame korban pesach, loka So in those cases, you don't get the forty lashes, right? Because you know those were not um, uh, because you didn't violate the actual prohibition itself, because it's really a prohibition of breaking the bone of eating the korban pesach at the time that you can well that seems to be at the time that you can eat it. So that seems to be what the issue is. So the Gemara is now going to analyze this, right? Bishlama motir batahor, right? So we understand, right, that if you leave over even part of, you know, uh, uh, part of the Korban Pesach and it's still tahor, you don't get malkut. Why? Detanya. So here they're going to, you know, read the Pesach. menu ad bogar vinotarmi menu ad bogar. So this Pesach we actually saw on uh, yesterday's staff as well, which is Shmot, Parakudbet, Pasukud, right? That you can't leave any of it over until the morning. And what's ever left over in the morning, you're going to burn. So this Pasuk comes to give us an Ase, right? That you must burn the leftover after the Lotase of not leaving any of it Omer. Lomar, She'en Loka. So we get from here that you don't get, uh, you wouldn't get, um, you wouldn't get lashes. So in other words, lashes are never given for violating a lotase, right? That follows with a positive command with an assay. And we've seen this before in Gamar. So the lotase is don't leave it over, right? Sorry. So the lotase is, uh, right, don't leave it, don't leave it over. And the assay is that you, you know, that you burn it in the morning. 
So because it's formulated this way, we know ase lotase. So we know that you're not going to get, um, uh, you know, sorry, lotase with an ase afterwards. We know that you don't get lashes for that. Dibre Rabbi Yehuda. That's how Rabbi Yehuda explains it. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov says, lo mina shame who's that, right? It's not for this reason that you don't get the lashes. It's more that because when you leave it over, it doesn't involve any type of action, right? It's like you just didn't eat it, but you didn't do something actually to leave it over. And therefore, you're not going to get lashes, right, for something that doesn't involve, uh, that doesn't actually involve an action. So if you just leave over some of the meat from a tahor, from the tahor korban pesach, you didn't eat it the way you were supposed to, but you didn't do it. It wasn't, it wasn't an actual outright action to violate the lotase of not leaving it over. So then the question is, where do we know that if you break the bone of a tame korban pesach, that you also wouldn't get lashes? So the Gemara here's answers, right? Because the, the pasuk that we quoted before, right? Um, in Shmot Yudbet Membab, where it says you shall not break a bone in it, bo babasar below bepasul. So the bo teaches, sorry, but kasher that teaches us that it has to be when it's kosher, right? Meaning it's valid to eat it, okay, and not when it's pasul, when it's in an invalid form. And then the gemara is going to bring another brace here, right? Tanu rabanam the etzem lo barubo, right? So again, this they quote the same pasuk, right? Kasher below pasul, right? Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says. Right, so the whole pasuk actually says that in one house it will be eaten, and you won't break a bone in it. Right, so it's interesting to see that it puts together the mitzvah of having to eat the korban pesach with the prohibition of breaking its bone. Right, so whatever is fit for eating is basically also, therefore, it would be subject to this prohibition of shvirat etzem, of breaking the bone. And anything which is not fit for eating uh, is, not, is, not, is not subject to the prohibition of breaking the bone. So we have this price here, which seems to have two. It has a Tanakama version, right, of why it is that you, um, the Tanakama, discussing this pasuk and right which uses it in terms of kasher and pasul right it's only this prohibition only applies to the when the korban pesach is kasher not when it's in a pasul state and rabbi and rabbi rabbi huda nasi makes it about achila and so therefore the gemara asks this question of my benaihu what is the issue between them and then essentially what the rest of this stop is is it goes through eight different opinions of amurayim trying to figure out what exactly is the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi? And finally, when it cites all eight of them, right, it goes through basically all eight of them, it concludes with Tanak uh, And then it teaches a Bryce at the end, which actually fits in with four of them. So I'm not going to read all of it, um, but, you know, it's just interesting to see all these Amurayim basically offer. And I love the way the structure is. It's like one comes, and then whatever it is, the principle that they think that they have the machlokas comes, the next one comes and says, no, 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 no. Everyone agrees that actually, you know, on this principle, it's actually this is the machlokas. So it's also even within that, it's not just they just randomly give the eight opinions. Each opinion actually flows 
out of the previous opinion. So it's a very beautifully structured DAF. It's a very beautifully structured DAF. I think that that's, you know, every so often the Gemara is edited in such a way that we see exactly what they want us to, right? Meaning we don't have to struggle here. It's set up, it's beautiful. And now we can make those charts and make the comparisons between the different opinions and, you know, carry on. Right. And I, you know, and again, I think it's interesting to see the, the Corbin Pesach itself. It was like so valued, you know, like, again, talking about how different our food consumption is like, let's be honest, a lot of us, you know, we throw food out. There's a little bit of leftover. Maybe we save it. Maybe we don't. And here you had this thing where like every piece of it was like so valued and how you treated it like not even being able to break the bones. And again, it's so not how we eat or think about our food today. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Uh, Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think about these uh, different opinions of the Corbin Pesach and how it applies to our food today. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.